Section 16 to 29 of The Life of Antony. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Matthew James Gray. The Life of Antony by Athanasius, translated by H. Ellishaw. Section 16. One day, when he had gone forth, because all the monks had assembled to him and asked to hear words from him, he spoke to them in the Egyptian tongue as follows. The scriptures are enough for instruction, but it is a good thing to encourage one another in the faith and to stir up with words. Wherefore you, as children, carry that which you know to your father, and I, as the elder, share my knowledge and what experience has taught me with you. Let this especially be the common aim of all, neither to give way, having once begun, nor to faint in trouble, nor to say, We have lived in the discipline a long time, but rather, as though making a beginning daily, let us increase our earnestness. For the whole life of man is very short, measured by the ages to come, wherefore all our time is nothing compared with eternal life. And in the world everything is sold at its price, and a man exchanges one equivalent for another. But the promise of eternal life is bought for a trifle. For it is written, The days of our life in them are threescore years and ten. But if they are in strength fourscore years, and what is more than these is labour and sorrow. Whenever therefore we live a full fourscore years, or even a hundred in the discipline, not for a hundred years only shall we reign, but instead of a hundred we shall reign for ever and ever. And though we fought on earth, we shall not receive our inheritance on earth, but we have the promises in heaven, and having put off the body which is corrupt, we shall receive it incorrupt. Wherefore, children, let us not faint, nor deem that the time is long, or that we are doing something great, for the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. Romans 8 verse 18 Nor let us think, as we look at the world, that we have renounced anything of much consequence, for the whole world is very small compared with all the heaven. Wherefore, if it even chanced that we were lords of all the earth and gave it all up, it would be naught worthy of comparison with the kingdom of heaven. For as if a man should despise a copper drachma to gain a hundred drachmas of gold, so if a man were lord of all the earth and were to renounce it, that which he gives up is little, and he receives a hundredfold. But if not even the whole earth is equal in value to the heavens, then he who has given up a few acres leaves as it were nothing, and even if he have given up a house or much gold, he ought not to boast nor be low-spirited. Further, we should consider that even if we do not relinquish them for virtue's sake, still afterwards, when we die, we shall leave them behind, very often, as the preacher says, to those to whom we do not wish. Why, then, should we not give them up for virtue's sake, that we may inherit even a kingdom? Therefore, let the desire of possession take hold of no one, for what gain is it to acquire these things which we cannot take with us? Why not rather get those things which we can take away with us, 
to wit, prudence, justice, temperance, courage, understanding, love, kindness to the poor, faith in Christ, freedom from wrath, hospitality. If we possess these, we shall find them of themselves preparing for us a welcome there in the land of the meek-hearted. And so, from such things let a man persuade himself not to make light of it, especially if he considers that he himself is the servant of the Lord, and ought to serve his master. Wherefore, as a servant would not dare to say, Because I worked yesterday, I will not work today, and considering the past will do no work in the future, but, as it is written in the Gospel, daily shows the same readiness to please his master, and to avoid risk, so let us daily abide firm in our discipline, knowing that if we are careless for a single day, the Lord will not pardon us for the sake of the past, but will be wroth against us for our neglect. As also we have heard in Ezekiel 18, verse 26, and as Judas because of one night destroyed his previous labor. Wherefore, children, let us hold fast our discipline, and let us not be careless. For in it the Lord is our fellow worker, as it is written to all that choose the good, God works with them for good. But to avoid being heedless, it is good to consider the word of the apostle, I die daily. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 31 For if we too live as though dying daily, we shall not sin. And the meaning of that saying is, that as we rise day by day, we should think that we shall not abide till evening. And again, when about to lie down to sleep, we should think that we shall not rise up. For our life is naturally uncertain, and providence allots it to us daily. But thus ordering our daily life, we shall neither fall into sin, nor have a lust for anything, nor cherish wrath against any, nor shall we heap up treasure upon earth, but as though under the daily expectation of death we shall be without wealth, and shall forgive all things to all men, nor shall we retain at all the desire of women or of any other foul pleasure, but we shall turn from it as past and gone, ever striving and looking forward to the day of judgment. For the greater dread and danger of torment ever destroys the ease of pleasure, and sets up the soul if it is like to fall. Wherefore, having already begun and set out in the way of virtue, let us strive the more, that we may attain those things that are before. And let no one turn to the things behind, like Lot's wife, all the more so that the Lord has said, No man, having put his hand to the plough, and turning back, is fit for the kingdom of heaven. And this turning back is naught else but to feel regret, and to be once more worldly-minded. But fear not to hear of virtue, nor be astonished at the name. For it is not far from us, nor is it without ourselves, but it is within us, and is easy if only we are willing, that they may get knowledge. The Greeks live abroad and cross the sea, but we have no need to depart from home for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, nor to cross the sea for the sake of virtue. For the Lord aforetime has said, The kingdom of heaven is within you. Wherefore virtuous need at our hands of willingness alone, since it is in us and is formed from us. For when the soul has its spiritual faculty, in a natural state virtue is formed. And it is in a natural state when it remains as it came into existence. 
and when it came into existence, it was fair and exceeding honest. For this cause Joshua, the son of Nun, in his exhortation, said to the people, Make straight your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. Joshua 24, verse 23. And John, make your paths straight. Matthew chapter 3, verse 3. For rectitude of soul consists in its having its spiritual part in its natural state as created. But on the other hand, when it swerves and turns away from its natural state, that is called vice of the soul. Thus the matter is not difficult. If we abide as we have been made, we are in a state of virtue, but if we think of ennoble things, we shall be accounted evil. If, therefore, this thing had to be acquired from without, it would be difficult in reality, but if it is in us, let us keep ourselves from foul thoughts. And as we have received the soul as a deposit, let us preserve it for the Lord, that he may recognize his work as being the same as he made it. And let us strive, that wrath rule us not, nor lust overcome us, for it is written, The wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. And lust, when it has conceived, bears sin, and the sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Thus living, let us keep guard carefully, and as it is written, keep our hearts with all watchfulness. Proverbs 4, verse 23. For we have terrible and crafty foes, the evil spirits, and against them we wrestle. As the apostle said, not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, and against the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Ephesians 6, verse 12. Great is their number in the air around us, and they are not far from us. Now there are great distinctions among them, and concerning their nature and distinctions much could be said, but such a description is for others of greater powers than we possess. But at this time it is pressing and necessary for us only to know their wiles against ourselves. First, therefore, we must know this, that the demons have not been created like what we mean when we call them by that name. For God made nothing evil, but even they have been made good. Having fallen, however, from the heavenly wisdom, since then they have not been grovelling on earth. On the one hand, they deceive the Greeks with their displays, while out of envy of us Christians, they move all things in their desire to hinder us from entry into the heavens, in order that we should not ascend up there from whence they fell. Thus there is need of much prayer and of discipline, that when a man has received through the Spirit the gift of discerning spirits, he may have power to recognize their characteristics. Which of them are less and which more evil? Of what nature is the special pursuit of each, and how each of them is overthrown and cast out? For their villainies and the changes in their plots are many. The blessed apostle and his followers knew such things when they said, For we are not ignorant of his devices. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11 and we, from the temptations we have suffered at their hands, ought to correct one another under them. Wherefore I, having had proof of them, speak as to children. The demons, therefore, if they see all Christians, and monks especially, labouring cheerfully and advancing, first make an attack by temptation, and place hindrances to hamper our way, to wit, evil thoughts. But we need not fear their suggestions, for by prayer, 
fasting, and faith in the Lord, their attack immediately fails. But even when it does, they cease not. But knavishly, by subtlety, come on again. For when they cannot deceive the heart openly with foul pleasures, they approach in different guise, and thence force, shaping displays they attempt to strike fear, changing their shapes, taking the forms of women, wild beasts, creeping things, gigantic bodies, and troops of soldiers. But not even then need you fear their deceitful displays, for they are nothing, and quickly disappear, especially if a man fortify himself beforehand with faith and the sign of the cross. Yet are they bold and very shameless, for if thus they are worsted, they make an onslaught in another manner, and pretend to prophesy and foretell the future, and to show themselves of a height reaching to the roof and of great breadth, that they may stealthily catch by such displays those who could not be deceived by their arguments. If here also they find the soul strengthened by faith and a hopeful mind, then they bring their leader to their aid. And he said, They often appeared as the Lord revealed the devil to Job, saying, His eyes are as the morning star. From his mouth proceed burning lamps, and the hearths of fire are cast forth. The smoke of a furnace blazing with the fire of coals proceeds from his nostrils. His breath is coals, and from his mouth issues flame. When the prince of the demons appears in this wise, the crafty one, as I said before, strikes terror by speaking great things, as again the Lord convicted him, saying to Job, For he counts iron as straw, and brass as rotten wood. Yea, he counts the sea as a pot of ointment, and the depth of the abyss as a captive and the abyss as a covered walk. And by the prophet, the enemy said, I will pursue and overtake. Exodus 15 verse 9. And again by another, I will grasp the whole world in my hand as a nest, and take it up as eggs that have been left. Such, in a word, are their boasts and professions, that they may deceive the godly. But not even then ought we the faithful to fear his appearance or give heed to his words for he is a liar and speaks of truth never a word and although speaking words so many and so great in his boldness without doubt like a dragon he was drawn with a hook by the saviour job forty one one and as a beast of burden he received the halter round his nostrils and as a runaway his nostrils were bound with a ring, and his lips bored with an armlet. And he was bound by the Lord as a sparrow, that we should mock him. And with him are placed the demons, his fellows, like serpents and scorpions, to be trodden underfoot by us Christians. And the proof of this is that we now live opposed to him. For he who threatened to dry the sea and seize upon the world, behold, now cannot stay our discipline, nor even me speaking against him. Let us then heed not his words, for he is a liar, and let us not fear his visions, seeing that they themselves are deceptive. For that which appears in them is no tree light, but they are rather the preludes and likenesses of the fire prepared for the demons, who attempt to terrify men with those flames in which they themselves will be burned. Doubtless they appear, but in a moment disappear again, hurting none of the faithful but bringing with them the likeness of that fire which is about to receive themselves. 
Wherefore, it is unfitting that we should fear them on account of these things. For, through the grace of Christ, all their practices are in vain. Again, they are treacherous, and are ready to change themselves into all forms and assume all appearances. Very often also, without appearing, they imitate the music of harp and voice, and recall the words of Scripture. Sometimes, too, while we are reading, they immediately repeat many times like an echo what is read. They arouse us from our sleep to prayers, and this constantly hardly allowing us to sleep at all. At another time, they assume the appearance of monks, and feign the speech of holy men, that by their similarity they may deceive, and thus drag their victims where they will. But no heed must be paid them, even if they are roused to prayer, even if they counsel us not to eat at all, even though they seem to accuse and cast shame upon us for those things which once they allowed. For they do this not for the sake of piety or truth, but that they may carry off the simple to despair, and that they may say the discipline is useless, and make men loathe the solitary life as a trouble and burden and hinder those who, in spite of them, walk in it. Wherefore, the prophet sent by the Lord declared them to be wretched, saying, Woe is he who gives his neighbours to drink muddy destruction. For such practices and devices are subversive of the way which leads to virtue. And the Lord himself, even if the demons spoke the truth, for they said truly, You are the Son of God, Luke 4, verse 41, still bridled their mouths, and suffered them not to speak. Lest haply they should sow their evil along with the truth, and that he might accustom us never to give heed to them, even though they appear to speak what is true. For it is unseemly that we, having the holy scriptures and freedom from the Saviour, should be taught by the devil who has not kept his own order, but has gone from one mind to another. Wherefore, even when he uses the language of Scripture, he forbids him, saying, But to the sinner said God, Wherefore do you declare my ordinances, and takest my covenant in your mouth? For the demons do all things. They prate, they confuse, they dissemble, they confound, to deceive the simple. They din, laugh madly, and whistle. But if no heed is paid to them immediately, they weep, and lament, as though vanquished. The Lord, therefore, as God, stayed the mouths of the demons, and it is fitting that we, taught by the saints, should do like them and imitate their courage. For they, when they saw these things used to say, When the sinner rose against me, I was dumb and humble, and kept silence from good words. And again, But I was as a deaf man, and heard not, and as a dumb man, who opens not his mouth, and I became as a man who hears not. Let us neither hear them as being strangers to us, nor give heed to them, even though they arouse us to prayer and speak concerning fasting. But let us rather apply ourselves to our resolve of discipline, and let us not be deceived by them who do all things in deceit, even though they threaten death. For they are weak and can do naught but threaten. Already in passing I have spoken on these things, and now I must not shrink from speaking on them at greater length, for to put you in remembrance will be a source of safety. Since the Lord visited earth, 
the enemy is fallen, and his powers weakened. Wherefore, although he could do nothing, still like a tyrant, he did not bear his fall quietly, but threatened, though his threats were words only. And let each one of you consider this, and he will be able to despise the demons. Now, if they were hampered with such bodies as we are, it would be possible for them to say, Men, when they are hidden we cannot find, but whenever we do find them, we do them hurt. And we also, by lying in concealment, could escape them, shunning the doors against them. But if they are not of such a nature as this, but are able to enter in, though the doors be shut, and haunt all the air, both they and their leader the devil, and are wishful for evil and ready to injure, and, as the Saviour said, from the beginning the devil is a manslayer, and a father of vice. John 8 verse 44 While we, though this is so, are alive, and spend our lives all the more in opposing him, it is plain they are powerless, for place is no hindrance to their plots, nor do they look on us as friends that they should spare us, nor are they lovers of good that they should amend, but on the contrary they are evil, and nothing is so much sought after by them as wounding them that love virtue and fear God. But since they have no power to effect anything, they do naught but threaten. But if they could, they would not hesitate, but immediately work evil, for all their desire is set on this, and especially against us. Behold now, we are gathered together and speak against them, and they know when we advance, they grow weak. If therefore they had power, they would permit none of us Christians to live, for godliness is an abomination to a sinner. Sirach 1 verse 25 But since they can do nothing, they inflict the greater wounds on themselves, for they can fulfill none of their threats. Next, this ought to be considered, that we may be in no fear of them, that if they had the power, they would not come in crowds, nor fashion displays, nor with change of form would they frame deceits. But it would suffice that one only should come, and accomplish that which he was both able and willing to do, especially as every one who has the power neither slays with display, nor strikes fear with tumult, but immediately makes full use of his authority as he wishes. But the demons, as they have no power, are like actors on the stage, changing their shape and frightening children with tumultuous apparition and various forms, from which they ought rather to be despised as showing their weakness. At least the true angel of the Lord, sent against the Assyrian, had no need for tumults, nor displays from without, nor noises, nor rattlings, but in quiet he used his power, and immediately destroyed a hundred and eighty-five thousand. But demons like these, who have no power, try to terrify, at least by their displays. 2 Kings 19 verse 35 But if any one, having in mind the history of Job, should say, Why then has the devil gone forth and accomplished all things against him? and stripped him of all his possessions, and slew his children, and smote him with evil ulcers. Let such a one, on the other hand, recognize that the devil was not the strong man, but God who delivered Job to him to be tried. Certainly he had no power to do anything, but he asked, and having received it, he has wrought what he did. So also from this the enemy is the more to be condemned, for although willing, he could not prevail against one just man. For if he could have, 
he would not have asked permission. But, having asked not once but also a second time, he shows his weakness and want of power. And it is no wonder that if he could do nothing against Job, when destruction would not have come even on his cattle had not God allowed it. And he has not the power over swine, for, as it is written in the Gospel, they besought the Lord, saying, Let us enter the swine. Matthew 8, verse 31. But if they had power, not even against swine, much less, have they any other men formed in the image of God. End of section 16 to 29.